Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the BJJ Foxcast. I am your host, Alex Martinez. And today, I'm really excited to have Leslie and Andrew Gardner on the show. Andrew is a third-degree black belt uh, through one jiu-jitsu under Jiva Santana. And Leslie is a first-degree first degree black belt under Andrew Gardner. And they're the owners of Deboa Jiu-Jitsu in Surprise, Arizona. And um, welcome to the show, guys. Hey, thanks for having thanks us. for having us. Yeah, this is great. Um, we're, we're waiting on one more. Uh, Le- uh, Leslie and Amy were at the, what, is it called? what do they call it? The Ju- Arizona Jiu-Jitsu Women's Retreat. Okay. Okay, and how how long have they been doing that, the women's retreat? We were actually just trying to figure that out yesterday. Okay. <laughs> I would say six years, maybe, five okay. or six years. It started before COVID, so I know that. Yeah. But um, I think I've been to about four of them. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's and, a really cool thing. Yeah. Now, are you in Are you in a, uh, any, any role where you kind of put stuff together for them, or you just kind of, do you just go? Do you teach? What do you do? I, I usually teach. Okay. I almost always teach Barambolo. I don't know why that happens. So <laughs> this is the first year ever that I said, can I please teach something else? Because I do other things besides yeah. Barambolo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I did teach this year. Yeah. What did, uh, so what did, what did you teach? What did I taught a leg, a leg lasso series. Okay. Nice. Nice. Yeah. We're actually going to do something similar to that in our, for our curriculum uh, this upcoming month. So that's kind of cool. That's my favorite. Yeah. Um, so how many women typically attend that? Um, anywhere from about 60 to, I think one year we had almost 200 women. Whoa. Okay. Okay. And, and we talked about this a little bit earlier. It's, it's in Prescott. It is. And it's in, you know, one of the, one of the summer camps that they have out there. I didn't realize there were that many. You said there's at least four of them or five? At least. Cause we, this is, this is the third one I've been to third different place. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how's it, how's it set up? Is it like a bunch of cabins and then a big, like, conference room or something like that? Yes. It's, it's kind of like you're going to summer camp. (laughs) (laughs) We slept in bunk beds. You know, this is the first year we had, um, communal bathrooms. So that was kind of, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. (laughs) They feed you. I mean, it's, it's really for the price. It's a pretty good deal. You get six, six, seven black belts, you know, seminars the whole time and open mat. It's all your food. Nice. So, yeah. Who sets that up? Do you know? Do you know? Uh, Sarah, Sarah. Sarah Black. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Sarah was on the show. We we talked about that a little bit, and she kind of she kind of um, uh, like undersells like her role. She's like, oh yeah, I just show up and other you know other yeah. Anyway, you no, know, Sarah. she's amazing. She does everything. She is. That's she awesome. Is. That's awesome. So um, I want to talk a little bit about just kind of origin story uh, for for both of you. How did you find Andrew? How did you find uh, jujitsu? Yeah, so I started in uh, 2005. Um, I was working at a restaurant at the time. I just I came out here. I played college basketball for a little bit. Okay. And uh, was just needing some competition in my life. I was playing LA Fitness basketball, all that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and then one of my friends at the time, uh, Ray Elby, he, he was a MMA fighter. And he'd come up and he was working at Red Lobster with me. So he'd punch me in the kidneys constantly <laughs> and tell me, hey, you got to get in the gym. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm pretty tough. I've had some street fights. I'm, yeah. You know, I, I can handle my own. Yeah. And I went in there and it wasn't like a massaging experience like it is now where you have a basics class. Right. They kind of, <laughs> yeah. it was like, here, here's some MMA gloves. Put those bad boys on, oh you know, and I left with two black eyes and, uh, Definitely a, a hindered ego a little bit. Yeah. And I was like, man, I got to do this. I got to figure this out. Yeah. So uh, I started off um, mainly wanting to do Muay Thai because that's, I didn't know that I wanted to do Jiu Jitsu. I didn't even 
barely know what it was. Yeah. So it's more appealing, right? Yeah. Doing the Muay Thai, sure. hitting pads, stuff like, like everyone that. Everyone thinks that that's the cool, tough thing to do, right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I was a 21 year old kid. I wanted to be cool and tough, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah. my friend's like, man, you got to do some jujitsu classes, though, too. So I was like doing Muay Thai, um, throwing in some jujitsu classes here and there. And then all of a sudden, my love for jujitsu started taking off. And, yeah. Um, so I trained there. It was at, it was called Arizona Center of Mixed Martial Arts under uh, the late Mark C. He passed away. Uh, Eh, 10 years ago, something like that. Okay. Um, but I trained there until I was a purple belt. Um, and then uh, I went and checked out CGMMA out in, uh, I think it was Surprise at the time. Now they're in Peoria. Okay. And uh, they, there wasn't a whole lot in the West Valley as far as jiu-jitsu goes. So it was like the lab um, and uh, a couple other little spots at the time. There wasn't yeah. many black belts around. So they had rotating black belts out from Brazil. So I was really fortunate to be able to go out there and That's get some cool. of those experiences. Um it was a. It was still a different time. I mean, there was no curriculum. There yeah. was no like, hey, <laughs> let's do this, do this. It's like, uh, let's show up and do a random technique, and yeah. you know. So I went out there, and uh, there was a guy, Ricardo Zanalato, that was teaching at the time, and uh, he put it on me the first day, and I got beat up pretty good. And I decided that I was not a purple belt, so wow. I went back to blue belt, okay. um, and I stayed there for about another six months, and then. Uh, we were under uh, Jeeva Santana at the time and uh, Giuliano Prado as well. Oh, wow. And okay. then uh, Jeeva Santana took over the head of Lotus Club in the United States. Um, so I got my black belt uh, through Lotus Club in the United States. And then after we opened the gym in 2015, he started his own affiliation of the One Jiu-Jitsu. And we yeah. kind of had to make the decision if we were going to stay under the Lotus Club flag or if we wanted to go and stay with my professor, Jeeva Santana. Yeah. It wasn't really too hard of a decision for us because Jeeva's a stand-up guy and... Yeah. Uh, just as somebody that you always are proud to call your black belt. Um, so we decided to go with him and uh, start start the one jiu-jitsu. We were the actually like the second or third affiliation, the school under that affiliation. So that was yeah. kind of cool that we kind of got to be there on the ground floor. Wow. Um, it's got some what, challenges too, you know. Yeah, um, what year was that? Um, I believe it was uh, 2016 when we when yeah. we did one jiu-jitsu. Okay, yeah, yeah, I figured it was it was pretty recent. I remember that. Yeah. Um, and that I don't I don't want to say it was a shock. It was just like you know everybody's like, what's this one jiu-jitsu thing? You know what yeah. I mean? So that's kind of cool. I had a Robert Kim on the show. He's a he's a one jiu-jitsu guy out of California. Oh, nice. Really cool dude. So he was excited to see that you know we're gonna have you guys yeah. on. I I, I think I, I think I told him I was like, yeah, if I could ever get my calendar right. I'll get the I'll get people on the show. Like I screw up the can- calendar so often. Like people are like calling me. It's like, hey, it's next week, right? I'm like, ooh, yeah, could be. <laughs> Why not? Let's do it. So I yeah. think we missed our first one. So, yeah, you know. <laughs> I think we did too. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know that we said it like in stone. We just kind of talked. about Yeah, we it, talked and about we never, it. We didn't write it down. Yeah, for me, it's like if we shake hands on it, let's do it. Like we'll make it happen, right? So, uh, Leslie, how about you? How, how did you find it? Um, I was not twenty-one years old, <laughs> so yeah. I actually started at forty. Yeah, same here. And my son, I started with my my two boys were doing jujitsu at Knockout Fitness. You know, oh, okay. Trying well, Tyson, my my middle son, he actually wanted to be an MMA fighter. He yeah. thought, and so I was doing kickboxing and boxing. Brought him in there for that. After about a year, same thing. He kind of decided. He didn't love being punched in the face that yeah, much. And yeah. so he kind of fell in love with jujitsu. Yeah. So I watched. I went to tournaments for about a year and a half and decided I needed to do this. I was a gymnast most of my life. Okay. And some of the, you know, flipping upside down stuff. I yeah. thought like I could I could totally do this, you know. So yeah. well, it's hard work too. I mean it's oh, yeah. gym, gymnasts are, are 
tough just, you know, by Ooh. nature, right? So Right. And you have a little more upper, upper body strength. Yeah. I find that a lot when I'm rolling that some of the girls don't have a lot of upper body strength. Mm. So it's a little bit of a benefit for me, which nice. is nice. Nice. Does, yeah. does your mom do jujitsu? She does. Okay. My, tell me about that. <laughs> so I love to tell people about my mom. <laughs> <laughs> She's 75. Yeah. She's a blue belt. She's actually got four stripes at this point. Wow. She's been okay. training for six or seven years since we opened the gym. Wow. I brought her in. I wanted her just to learn some self-defense because yeah. she's old, you know, yeah. and she's four, eight and weighs 90 pounds. So, oh, gosh. you know, she's yeah. a little bit of a target. Yeah. So I wanted her to at least kind of get where she could like be aware of her surroundings, things like that. Yeah. And I just wanted her to do technique. That's so cool. She does everything. <laughs> everything. Like really? we have to hold her back. She will wow. roll every single round. She feels bad to sit out every single warm up. If she has a bad bag, she doesn't care. She does. She has to do all of it. She's super competitive. Wow. Uh, she's really good. She's it, it's it's amazing actually to That's see so her cool. in there. I have to watch her in class because she'll pick like the brand new white belt that weighs two hundred and forty five <laughs> pounds. I'm like, yeah, grandma, let's, let's chill out. <laughs> yeah, know? let's not do that. She's grandma. That's she's what grandma. everyone calls her. That's grandma. Cool. Yeah. No, I actually uh, I trained with Tyson a little bit uh, when right. he was at with Gustavo and. They would come over to our academy when I was under when I was with Paul at Paul's place, and um, yeah, um, Tyson was the type of uh, the type of uh, guy who would do the move of the day on you, and that would drive me freaking crazy because he would just hit it, and I'm like, here it goes, and I would see it coming, and it, you know he, and then the next thing he was on my back, I'm like, okay, great, but he's super talented, that kid. He but, is, and yeah. and he has. I mean, I'm gonna give away a secret. He drills like crazy. Yeah, I mean that's he will work on one thing. He does it with skateboarding too. Yeah. Like for 15 hours straight. It's wow. crazy. Wow. That's why he's good at it. Yeah. And and that's, you know, um, we were t actually talking about that. Um, gosh, I don't even remember when, what podcast, but we we're talking about drilling and the importance of it. And I was really surprised because I, I actually do read the comments because I love when people are fighting on the comments, but I read the comments and people are like, oh, you know, drilling is, is useless. Just go in and roll. And I'm like, yeah, and I kind of disagree. I, 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 I'm a big believer in drilling. What, what about you guys? Do you believe in, in mostly drilling or more rolls? What do you think? Um, I think uh, both are beneficial. I think as a school, we tend to roll a lot. Okay. Um, that, that's been my, like, overall, like, if somebody comes in, that's their, hey, you guys roll all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah, we, yeah, we like to roll. You <laughs> that's know? cool. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think with the development of a curriculum, we're, we're able to stay with the same drilling of the technique and then expand it throughout the week. So they're yeah. getting lots of reps in. Or it's not like long, drawn-out drilling sessions. Yeah. But if you're coming on a regular basis, you're getting that opportunity to drill the technique and then uh, analyze what's working, what's not working, and how your partner is going to react to the technique. So yeah. it's more like uh, I like to try to do like a live drilling a little bit more where it's your partner's reacting the way that you're going to have a situation where instead of like a dummy drill partner that's yep. going to just do the same thing and your technique works 100% of the time, you know. Yeah. So I think that the, the curriculum's helped us out a lot with making it a little more interactive drilling. Yeah, and where and where does that curriculum come from? Do you do you build that throughout the year, or is that something that you have a like a like a set in stone kind of curriculum that you follow? Yeah, I had this crazy idea that I was going to come up with a curriculum and write it all out, and <laughs> yeah, and then I realized that was impossible. Yeah, you know, so my my curriculum, it, I, I typically am about six weeks out. Okay, um, yeah. But every tournament is an opportunity. Every every class is an opportunity for me to see like where our weaknesses are and yeah. and okay, we're getting pretty good at this area. How can we beat that area to make us better at that area? Yeah, you yeah. know. So um, 
I, I typically take my Sundays and I set up my curriculum for that week and then think about a little bit more of a long-term plan, even though it's, you know, I, I'm not stuck to that plan. Yeah. So if I feel like we need another week at Spider Guard, we're going to play another week at Spider Guard. Oh, nice. You know, that yeah. sort of thing. No, that's great. Um, and do you follow up? Because I'm, I'm just curious because we, we, we do, we do something very similar. We, we kind of, um, we go, uh, two weeks of, uh, well, it's usually a month of, a of a concept and then we'll do two weeks of, you know, defense and two weeks of attacks. We kind of break it up that way. Um, but do you, do you find like, um, let's just say you're, you're at a, you're at a tournament and you, you have your curriculum kind of in your head, what you want to work on, but then you notice something very fundamental isn't going right. Something like something simple, right? Something that the, I hate to say it. Students should know, damn it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> do you incorporate that into the next curriculum or do you wait or do you add that? Because sometimes I'll add it into like the warm up. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? How do you approach that? I do both. <clears throat> um, we've we've tend to do uh, half guard a lot after tournaments mm. just because of our, our underhook suck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like we're, we're, what happened? Calling we, you out, everybody. <laughs> right. Calling everybody out. <laughs> uh, I feel like it, that's for whatever reason. Like we work on underhooks all the time like yeah. everyone else does in jiu-jitsu. But yeah. in a tournament situation, it's always like, man, we lost four matches because we didn't have underhooks. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what happened here? So yeah. I think half guard's a good spot for us to at least look at the underhooks, even yep. though it's going to go the wayside but yeah um so i'm not afraid to change up the curriculum um if i can implement it a little bit at a time or Mm. say okay we were gonna go to this position but let me uh in two weeks from now i think i could put in our weakness from the tournament and then i'll and i'll adapt the curriculum that nice nice so um i want to kind of take one little half step back because i want to find out what possessed you to open an academy Because I opened one and I'm I'm still trying to answer that question. Now I love it. Don't get me wrong, but it's a lot of work, man. I didn't. I can't believe how much work it is. Um, so tell me about your progression, both of you. As like, did you? I'm I'm sure you started as coaches at somebody's academy, and then you kind of got that passion for coaching, and then it kind of progressed. And so tell me about how you started. Who? How did you start coaching? I started at kids with with the kids. I actually started with the, um, a fundamentals class. Okay. And it was uh, Professor Walsh, who's with us, Will Walsh. Yeah. Him and I were asked to do it. We were blue belts. I had never taught anything in my whole life, and I was super nervous. And um, Camuela Kirk told me, nobody knows if you do it wrong, so it's okay. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> Just fix it the next time around. <laughs> I, I, I used to joke, like, um, when I was teaching kids and I was a blue belt as well, I was like, well, they're young enough, they're going to forget like everything I taught them anyway. So no, I'm just kidding. So but it's, it's nerve wracking for is. sure. And they'll sure. call you out on it. That's oh, yeah. the worst part with kids. They will yes. tell you you did it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about you? Um, I started coaching a little bit as a blue belt. My instructor at the time, he was, uh, unfortunately he got addicted to some mm. bad things mm. and he'd, he'd come on class and you'd be like, Oh, apparently he's not teaching today. Gotcha. He's crashed yeah. out on the map pad, you know? <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, I started teaching a little bit as a blue belt. And then, uh, when I went over to siege, uh, we'd have rotating black belts, but the times that we wouldn't have the black belts, the purple belts would kind of have to take over yep. and teach then. So yep. um, I got to do a lot more teaching than the people that I that our students now get to do because yeah. of a different time, yep. you know? Yep. Um, it wasn't any, I'm not dissing this uh, siege or anything, and I was very fortunate to be able to be there. Yeah. Um, but there just wasn't that many black belts around. Yeah. So yep. I was forced into a teaching role a little bit prior than what I should have been. Yeah. And it was working it out and 
Then uh, as a brown belt, I got to go over to Thailand and teach at Tiger Muay Thai. Oh, wow. And uh, so that was like my first like official teaching job that I got to like take as my own program. It was a little different because that's a vacation camp. So I kind of got to show all highlight level yeah, material. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like I needed to show like fundamentals as much. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of cool as an opportunity to just kind of explore and get to write down like, oh, this class was really good. This yeah. class was terrible, yeah. you know, like yeah, yeah. kind of work through some of the kinks of teaching. And yeah. then, uh, you know, we were at, at Siege and I got my black belt through there. And I think it just felt like a natural progression. If you want to have a school ran the way that you want to run it, I think like uh, sometimes the best way to do that is to open up your own school. Yeah, you know? yeah. agreed, so. agreed. So when you guys decided to make the jump and open the school, how, how did how did that work out? Did you guys have like... Were you, were you funded like independently? Did you did you rent space or how, how, how you both are we're laughing? Both, we're so both laughing. This is going to be a great story. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So Andrew worked at Red Lobster. Okay. Just to get to his black belt, he yeah. literally like worked as much as he had to in order to train enough to get his black belt quickly. Nice. Yeah. I worked as an office manager for a dentist, mm. not quickly, but <laughs> put in <laughs> yeah. more mat time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so when we first opened, Andrew sold his house. It was a little tiny house. $40,000 that uh, we got out of it. Not even that much. Not even that much. 15000 yeah. Wow. So we had $15,000. Yeah. We um, were living in a rental house that we never saw before because our house sold and they just put us in this house. Whoa. So we were kind of like all over the place. We got married. We went on our honeymoon. We moved and we opened our gym, but the gym didn't open. So, you know, you find your place. They yeah. tell you it's going to be two months. So we were like, okay, we'll start out of the garage. We went like six or seven months. We didn't charge anyone because we were going to open the school anytime. Mm, mm. So it became where that was Andrew's job at that point, but it didn't pay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there's I was that. Like yeah. Working less and less because I was trying to, you know, work on this too. And yeah. so I think we had $200 in the bank. Wow. The day that the gym finally opened. Wow. And we were swamped with people. That is so it cool. It was amazing. I mean, we were like, it was surreal. It still is surreal, as weird as that sounds. You know, it's been almost nine years. I drive by and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's our gym. Yeah. You know, it's still, it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, that's, so So you opened and you said you were swamped with people. Like, was it all like word of mouth type of stuff or people in the neighborhood? Like, hey, we got a jujitsu place. Awesome. I yes. think because we uh, had to wait so long for our build out, people were seeing the sign. People oh, were like yeah. driving by hoping that we would be open and they were just as disappointed as we were that we yeah. weren't open. Yeah. And by the time we opened, we had uh, like flyered all the neighborhoods and did some of that old school marketing before yeah. like, it yeah. was time to switch to social media. Good and for you. We, we just had some Facebook and Instagram yeah. things, you yeah. know, just saying coming soon. And Yeah. And yeah. that just worked. And then people... Came in the door, and then we had to get to that comfortable ability to charge people. Because, you know, at first you're like, yeah. oh, man, I don't know. This family's paying this much. Is that too, you know? Yeah, like, I, dude, I know. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. It, it was a, it was a challenge. So we gave people way too good of deals, mm-hmm. and, like, mm-hmm. people were paying, like, and they still pay that because we honor people's memberships on where they, um, where they signed up at. Wow. So good we have, you. we call them like the garage warrior and they yeah. have this special that like yeah. they, they got for being like the founding members of the gym. Wow. So it's pretty cool that they still get a pay. Yeah. A ridiculously low, low rate. <laughs> yeah. you know? So they, they better buy hoodies. They better <laughs> right. buy hats. Damn it. No. Yeah. We, that's our people are pretty good about that. It's, yeah. It is really cool. We bring, we, I mean, we work through Eddie Acro. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, he's always complimenting that we make so many different things that's and, cool. you know, constantly. And that that's, that's a cool thing for our gym that we always have different shirts and hoodies. And yeah. 
cool stuff. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty wild when somebody walks into the academy. Like when we when we opened, we opened in a um, well, it was it was COVID. So we're like, are we going to do like an online thing? Like we got our LLC. We're in bit. We're going to do something, right? right? So we're like, I don't know. We're, should we do an online stuff? Should we do this? Should we just do like Zoom stuff? You know, and like, what do you charge somebody if you're doing a Zoom call? Like, you know, yeah, it's, right. it's a hard decision to make. And then a friend of mine says, um, he goes, it's so funny. He said, if you open a school tomorrow, I would sign up tomorrow, but I want a place to roll. I'm like, hmm. And he says, he goes, just find some place. Like, you know how people tell you, oh, just do this. You know, like it's so easy. Right. It was. He said, find a place that'll rent you month to month and then build your client base until your, your, the real space is open and available. Right. We outgrew that in three months. Huh. We outgrew it in three months. I mean, we, it was literally, we had maybe 600 square feet of mat space. <laughs> and, and it was like group A is on the wall. Group B is doing the move. Yes, and then did that. you did that. Yeah. Oh, in the garage, right? I would well, imagine. not yeah. just that, but our first location, how big it was, was it? It was 1300 square yeah. foot. Yeah. So, I mean, we outgrew it in a year yeah. and we're asking for an expansion, but people were like, I was, do you regret that? And it's like, no, we had $200 left. Like, yeah. so it was a, it was reasonable for us to pay our, our bills starting off. And yeah, like we got to punch a hole in the wall and yeah, took over cool. the suite next door. So we had like <laughs> two cool. suites going on. And then yeah. uh, the suite that we're in now is a three suites and we opened right before COVID and then had to shut down Oh my! like a month after we opened. So it was like, Whoa. That's tough. it was pretty scary. And so a month after you opened your doors, originally you had to shut down. No, no, no. 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 The when, second suite. When, the second when suite. we did our third, third suite. Third yeah. suite. Oh, yeah. shit. In the suite okay. that we're in now. So we put all the money into it. We were yeah. feeling awesome about it. It looked great. It looked like a huge like upgrade from what we were at. Yeah. And it was like, uh, I guess we have to close our doors now, oh <laughs> you know? Gosh. So. It was it was pretty rough, and our our landlord was like, "Yeah, you know, I'll work with you, blah blah blah. I'll give you this, give you that." And uh, he ended up giving us like two or three free months. Good for it, you, Grant. yeah, is what we thought, wow. you yeah. know, yeah. until we opened back up again, and then we saw all those months on our bill. Oh, he just shit. tacked it right back on there. <laughs> but did he tack it on at the end of the lease, or no. just like right there, right there? Oh my gosh! <laughs> so so Amy Amy's here. Fresh off her trip from Prescott. Hi, Amy. <laughs> I don't know how fresh I am. And we're and we're matching. You guys coordinated the outfits. Yeah. It looks yeah. good. That's Eddie. a happy accident. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Eddie. I'm just saying we're supporting you. Support the show, buddy. Just saying. <laughs> Got to call Eddie out. Um, so okay, so um, COVID expansion shutdown. Yeah. How did you manage the shutdown? Like, how did you how did you maintain like your your client base, like your student base, keep them involved? You know, because it's easy to replace jujitsu with something bad, right? And then you and then you lose them. How did you manage to keep your your students? It was really tough. It's like learning how to do your job on a daily basis. Yeah, like and and I hated the videos and stuff. Yeah, like, me too. When I had to do the video classes, it, like at first people were watching it, and then it felt like the attendance was dwindling. Yeah. Like people can only watch so much jujitsu without doing it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So we stopped charging people pretty much right off the bat. Yeah. It was like uh, I don't feel comfortable charging you guys. And fortunate for us, a lot of people continued their gym memberships. Wow. But I, and we were under the idea that a lot of people were struggling. It wasn't just us that yeah. were at the gym. So yeah. it's like, I'm not trying to stick it to you and your family. Like, you guys need to keep 
you know, I know that was that big push on the internet. Uh, you need to keep paying your gym memberships yeah. and all that. And yeah, it's great if you're in the position to, but right. if not, like take care of your family, 100%, <laughs> you know? Yeah. hundred percent. So yeah. we, were, we were fortunate to have a lot of people continue to pay. And I don't think we really lost anybody in the time. It nice. was, was kind of crazy. Like they just wanted to roll. So yeah. we got them back in rolling and tried all kinds of different crazy stuff. Like you have a group of four people, you meet at the gym at this time, you walk through the back door, we don't talk about it, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? And yeah. like, just yeah, to keep people like going. going. Yeah. <laughs> you know? All of a sudden, all the gyms had like curtains. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we had another yeah. couple too that we, we trained with a lot, you know, so we, did, we didn't stop training at all. Actually, yeah. I feel like it was some of my best training. Yeah. It was like private lessons every day. Yeah. It was wild. Four of us, you know. Because we would go, like, we would go to, uh, this is like, Allegedly, we would go to Paul's <laughs> and then we go to Van Buren's and then we go yeah. to, you know, other people's and yeah. they're like, you know, it's like, like you said, bang on the back door and, you know, right. park, park kind of far away. Don't crowd the, the parking lot. Yeah. yeah. That was a crazy time, man. Yeah. We, we actually, um, we incorporated in March of that year, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. When they started announcing stuff like, Hey, maybe you shouldn't do this or that. And then it was like the world shut down. And we're like, okay, well, we're going to do something. So we ended up opening our doors. It was August 15th of 2020. And um, by January of 21, we had our new location. And like you, our landlord was awful. It was <laughs> oh awful. God. We kind of heard they all were. We thought it was just us, but most people we've talked to yeah. said they didn't get any kind of breaks or, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. Well, well we, we got breaks only because, like, they didn't deliver on anything. Like the build out wasn't done. Right. So nothing. we, yeah, well, nothing. <laughs> nothing. We, we kind of got lucky because our spot was a ballet studio before. So it was two open floor plants, right? right? So, and one of them had a subfloor. So we already, we put our mats down. Nice. On the, yeah, it was nice. Yeah. It's really nice. Yeah, really nice. but there was a giant wall in between. So when, when you walk with in, mirrors, by the way, when you yeah. when you, all the kids are running by, staring at themselves as they're running. Yeah, the yeah. You can see what your jujitsu looks like. You're right. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't, don't need you to don't see it. <laughs> I don't need to see that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but you would walk into our academy, and we had like a little lobby area, like literally a lobby area with like a door that you walk through, and there was another seating area because we hadn't. There was a giant wall that you know was between the the mat space and the other side. And then you kind of walk around to the other door and then you're in this open mat space and it looks cool. But other, but when you first walked in, you're like, what in the world? And then we were renovating. So it was like tools laying around. There's like a saw sitting there, kids <laughs> walking by. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're going to get sued. <laughs> but yeah, it was wild. Man. So was your, was your build out done done when you first moved in? Because it took so long to open? It was it was to a vanilla shell. So like, okay, the okay. City of Surprise doesn't let you occupy until you have all your certificates and the yeah. vanilla shell. So yeah. uh, we kind of just laid mats down originally. We had a front desk, yeah. mats down, and I think we had a work party. I think the second week we were there and had everyone paint it, and it was like, <laughs> okay, we're good, you know? Yeah, we're working. Yeah, but, I mean, that's the simplicity of it. I mean, it sounds funny, but that's really all you need. Yeah. It is. You know, you need, you need a good black belt on the mat, Yeah, and you need mats. That's it. That's it. So that's, that's pretty cool. So, so tell me about your, your program in general. Do you, do you guys do, um, is it mostly gi? Do you, do you, do you blend in some no gi? Is it 50, 50? How do you do that? 
So I mean, the nogi is a revolution, right? <laughs> Everyone wants to do it except for at our school. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, it, yeah. It, it's really hard so to get people to do nogi. I think our our average age is probably 38, 39. Okay. So okay. we're a little bit older than like probably what you guys have on the East Valley, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um so like people like the gi. People don't like to have their head pulled on as yeah. much and their neck like You'd rather be choked in the gi than you would by somebody's arm around your 100%. neck. 100%. <laughs> yeah, you know? yes, it's true. Yeah. So um, yeah. we do no gi. I'd like to add more, but it, it's just tough. It's our smallest class right yeah. now. So it's, it's one of those things that I'm working on right now is how do I add more no gi without hindering the gi program yeah. at all? Because that's what everyone wants to do is the gi jiu-jitsu at our school. Yeah. So. And the thing is, like, <clears throat> one, one thing I learned with – I learned a lot with Paul. But one thing I learned with Paul is when he had one mat space – and it was like, I think, I think I only had like one Nogi day, but we had one mat space and it was back-to-back -back classes in the evening. And the curriculum was pretty much identical between the two classes. There was one that was a little bit more fundamental and the other one was a little bit more advanced, but the mats were packed and the team was never closer. When he got the second mat space, starting incorporating Nogi and, and, and wrestling and doing all this stuff, it's like, we're kind of, you know, we're kind of passing two ships passing in the night. You know what I mean? Yes. And there, I had teammates that I'd never met. Right. And that, We've so seen there's, that in the there's past. something to be said for what you've got. I mean, mm -hmm. your, your team is probably a lot closer than some that have, you know, multiple mat spaces yeah. and stuff. Well, like when that. we opened, like that was one of the things <clears throat> everyone's like, are you going to do Muay Thai? You know, you've been to Thailand, you know, yeah. I'm like, no, we I want to do jujitsu. Yeah. Like we're coming from CJMMA. Like they had so much to focus on. They yeah. had their MMA program, their Muay Thai program, the, but the, the lack of a unity, I think, sometimes it's hard to achieve when you have so much going on. Exactly. So we have a jiu-jitsu program, and everyone's on the same team. Yeah. And, that, and that's my goal always, to keep us on one team, even though I want another mat space to have yeah. a nogi going <laughs> on and just be able to offer a little bit more, you know. Yeah. So, so Yeah. So we, we're, we're neighbors with a fitness place. What is it called? The Total Body? Fit Body Boot Fit Camp. Body Boot Camp. And, and the, uh, the general manager there, Craig, he's a great guy. I mean, he and I, we... We see each other like first thing in the morning. We see each other last ones to leave in the evening. You're like, hey, what's up? Same time tomorrow, you know, yeah. kind of thing. But um, it's funny because I think secretly we're both like, gosh, I wish you weren't here. Because <laughs> I know he wants my space and he knows I want his, man. Uh, but yeah, having that second mat space, it seems like, I don't know, it, to me, it's more of a like a, more of a romantic thing than an actual thing. It's kind of like owning a boat. I kind of like the idea of owning a boat. I don't think I would want to own a boat and work on it, shit like that. You would have to get twice as many coaches. Yep. Yeah. Twice, twice, everything. Imagine, I mean, right now, if you, like, we're talking about going on vacation, how hard mm -hmm. it is. Imagine like you're in Spain and you get a text, hey man, I'm sick. I can't teach tomorrow. Oh, shit. There goes vacation. Yeah. Right. Imagine two of those. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> that would be insane. Insane. We, we yeah. do get asked a lot if we're going to open another location. And, and that's exactly one of our biggest thoughts is like, you you have to run both of them yeah yeah like even if you have other people running them if it's yours and it has your brand you want it to run yes like, like your other gym does yeah and there's a standard like right? it for a reason yeah. and you want to keep that so that's really hard so we don't have any desire to you know have a chain of deboas yeah <laughs> well it sounds cool but i mean think about this like like let's say you do have a second location what if that first location is funding the second location because mm -hmm. it's not doing as well because it's not ran right. as well? Gosh, that's a scary thought. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Amy's back. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the uh, trip. How was it? Oh, it was great. <clears throat> of course it was great. <clears throat> so and so for those of you that, that, are, that, that don't know, Amy was at the, um, the women's Arizona retreat. Arizona Women's 
Brazilian Jiu Jitsu retreat. Okay. Yes, yeah. with Leslie. Right yeah, <laughs> I wasn't I'm, sure I'm not if that was right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it checks all the boxes. It was awesome. Leslie was one of the instructors there. It was, uh, and in fact, we, um, my girlfriends Kelsey and Andrea were talking on the way home, and yours was one of the favorite sessions we had. Yeah, bam, cool. <laughs> and it wasn't nice. even the bolo. No, well, there was a, <laughs> there was a little bit of inversion. There was a little, which a tiny I bit. I was massively struggling with, and Andrea refused to allow it to beat her, and nice. she nailed it, and it oh, was good. awesome. And I'm like, if Andrea can do it, then I have hope that I can also do right, it. Yeah. So I just have to persevere like she does, yeah. and uh, I let it defeat me this time. I'll <laughs> <laughs> we'll get it next time. <laughs> like, I understand it. You got to show here. one, like, flashy thing in there, you know? And that, so. was, that was really good. Like, she was de- demonstrating, I'm like, oh. That looks really jujitsu. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. <laughs> how many, how many uh, upper belts, uh, brown belt and above, were there at the retreat? There were only four, I believe, brown belts. Okay, I think so too, and I think there might have been seven or eight black belts. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, three or four of them were like just got it within the year, mm. and then yeah, you know, Sarah, Heather, myself. Yeah, it was really cool. It was, it was good. Said. It was a good. Yeah. What What is it about that retreat that makes it special? No dudes. No dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. There's probably there's probably more snoring than you care to admit. There was no snoring. I think there's Thank a lot of snoring. Much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Okay. So um so the, the retreat is in is in Prescott. It's once a year, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. About about this time. And um it's grown, you know, uh leaps and bounds, I guess, since the beginning. And but you're not sure exactly when it started. I, I wanna know like how much it's grown in the past six years. I said six years. I think that's pretty close to accurate. I know there. I think it had happened like two or three times before the pandy, right? And then it's happened now three times since the pandy, right? And it's slowly growing. I think the one right after was pretty small. I mean, a lot of people were sure afraid to go anywhere. This is only my second time attending. Um, Yeah, it was. It was cool. It was. There was a lot of jujitsu, and I'm like trying to. I, I filmed most of it, but not. I think I missed the Friday stuff. My phone was dead, I think. Um, and I'm just, like, trying to wrap my brain around it and remember it. Yeah. Um, the I didn't get here on time because we stayed for Heather's session this morning. Okay. Um, that was super cool. And then one of the things that was really neat was the way she, what she was teaching was very similar to what you teach. And mm. I was like, oh, I know this. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember this. That's cool. I, and I love refreshers like That's that. That's funny because right? I normally just make shit up as I go. <laughs> That's, yeah. She stole your Seems moves. to work out. Yeah, it seems to work yeah. out. Yeah. I got, a, I got a training video. Just try this shit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, so you, guys, you guys show up on, it's a Friday evening. Right. Yeah, it was like fr- late late afternoon. Mm-hmm. To there was a session at three o'clock that we did not jump into because we got there at like three thirty. Okay. Okay. Um, and 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 what are the sessions like? You do an evening session. There's like a morning, noon, evening every day, or what? How does that work? Along <clears throat> those lines, and okay. then there's some yoga too in the morning. Um, the first time I went on this trip, they had like six black belts, and they each taught two sessions, and it was like two hours, then another one, and two hours, another one, and two hours, and eating in between there, mm-hmm. and I didn't understand that you didn't have to do all of them. (laughs) (laughs) They were marathoning. Yeah. So I was like, I think I'm only going to stay two days the next time I go, you know, and Sarah goes, you know, know you don't have to do all of them, you know? I'm like, I thought I was going to die by the end (laughs) of the day. This morning, by the end of Heather's session, like 
you know, you stop to show a little bit more of the sequence that she was working on and, uh, which I filmed all of that. Um, and then, but you're standing, right? Watching the technique go on and then you got to move and they're like, Oh, I, I don't know if I can, that floor is really far. right now. <laughs> yeah. Then, uh, Leslie was saying you guys were sleeping in, um, in, on, is it bunks? Bunk beds. Bunk beds. Yeah. So you don't get much sleep. Yeah. Can yeah. imagine. Yeah. It's, it's pretty exhausting, but it's really, yeah. it is a cool experience. And yeah, it was really cool. Offers I mean, a lot for the money. What, what are evenings like after the last session? What do you guys do? Uh, I went to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Um, I'm I, lame. I'm I lame. went home Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> <laughs> but I knew we had this today, so yeah. that was part of it. So I had kind of planned, like, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, leave early. And, I mean, we'll probably talk about it, but we're going to Costa Rica in three days. So oh, I kind of right. needed a day awesome. yeah. <laughs> yeah. to yeah. prepare myself, you know, Absolutely. and things like that. Right yeah. on. That's, I, a, that's a big commitment going up there. And so you went up there basically taught. And then packed up and came back. Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, you did a couple seminars while you were up there. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I took everyone's, you know, the whole time we were there, I took all, everything, you know, okay. all the classes. Okay. But then yeah. right after my session, we went home. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There was like a bonfire and s'mores and music stuff. And, and yeah. I, like yeah. I said, I went, I went to sleep. Is it, like, is it kind of? a lot of jujitsu. I think uh, I did every time too, but you know, we're not... I don't know how old you are, but <laughs> I just turned 48 in March and okay. it's hitting me like well, a truck. We're close to the so, same age. Yeah. yeah. Amy and I, Amy and I went on a cruise and we went to bed like right after dinner every night. Every night. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, it was uh, that little. Which uh, was like nine o'clock. Yeah. It's out of Long Beach. So we just went like Catalina and Sonata and, and then back. So it's a little short cruise, but, um, but that, that was nerve wracking. I like, okay. Full disclosure. You, you probably don't know this. I bought the Wi-Fi package because I could not. I could not disconnect. I did know that. Okay. <laughs> I could not disconnect. Like I had to, I had to, you know, we, we got a lot going on. So it's yeah. one of those things. But I um, want to get back to uh, the, the training at your academy curriculum, stuff like that. Um, let's talk about kids programs. Who, who is, who, you, you guys teach all of the classes, right? You too? Or do you have somebody else teaching? I would teaching say we teach them, but we have a lot of help. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, we teach almost all the classes now, except for the 6 a.m. I don't get up and do that one for yeah. the adults. I teach all the rest of the adult classes, except for the ladies' class on Saturday. Okay. And then Leslie does the kids' program now. Um, nice. when, when we first opened, I was doing the kids' program and the adult program. And it's exhausting. It's been nice to let her to kind of focus on that because each program needs its own, like, eyes and yeah. mind. And, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, like, there's a lot to it. Yeah. And, like, I don't know about you guys, but there's always a squeaky wheel, even with just jujitsu. So it's like, <laughs> hey, our four o'clock class is struggling with this. We got to do this, this, and this. And yeah. It's just a constant analysis of how everything's going and how we can t- tweak it to make it better. I think if you're not doing that, you're getting worse. Yeah. So. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So um, do you do you have, uh, is it just one single kids class? And how, how young is the youngest and how old is the oldest? So we used to start... <coughs> three years old and we had a three to five year old program which we called our rumblers and it was two days a week for just a half hour that's what we do yeah so it was yeah. um tough you know <laughs> um, when we first opened tyson was still living with you know her living by us she, yeah. he wasn't living with us in the garage and he was supposed oh, yeah. to teach the kids class and then he ended up moving and living in mesa oh, and so wow. i was like close. oh my gosh who's gonna who's gonna teach the kids class <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh it's that's me. how that works. It's yeah. me. Okay. Oh so gosh, we so were, funny. you know, we were both, teach- Andrew was teaching it. He, you know, he has no kids, no little kids. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I was 
very surprised. He's actually really good at that. I don't yeah. think he wants to do that, but he's really good at it. Yeah. Really good. So then that we kind of traded off and then we got some help. We had some coaches who had little kids that were in the class. So they nice. ran that one for a while. But it's like, I mean, you know, if you have it, a half hour of nonstop energy because yeah. you have mm-hmm. to keep them busy. Move to this thing, that yep. thing. So <clears throat> after COVID, we decided to grandfather in our kids that were already there that age. And we now start at six. A lot of it was because they were sticking their fingers, you know, yeah. like in each other's noses and, you know, <laughs> putting their mouth on the other person's cheek and things yeah. like that, where we were like, okay, we, this program's not going to work yet. And it took us, we were yeah. going to bring it back later, but kind of just left it out. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. but we had that two days a week for a half hour. And then we still had five kids classes, you know, five Monday days. through Friday, right? Because we had two kids classes a day. We did. We had two, oh, snap. We had two kids classes and the rumbling class every day. Wow. Yeah. So our four o'clock was a kids <coughs> class and it was turned into like just a drilling class at first for adults. And now it's one of our most popular adult classes, which is really weird. No four kidding. o'clock in the afternoon. But huh. we have a lot of Air Force firefighters. Oh, yeah. They have odd yeah. hours. Yeah. So, but I do, you know, now our kids classes... We do Monday, Wednesday, Friday for our younger, newer kids, and then Tuesday, Thursday, Friday for the more advanced kids. And okay. Then on Fridays, we have a kids competition class as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. So that's really cool. That's yeah, a lot. So COVID was actually beneficial in that for us because it was, it was too much to teach two kids classes a day. Like yeah. your energy-wise <laughs> and just like you know that one of those classes is going to struggle with some kids that had too much sugar, yeah. too much sun, you know, yeah. something, you yeah. know. So being able to cut half of those down and then – like what we do now, which uh, Leslie implemented this year, was we have a kids competition team that could come five days a week. And if not, you need to come three days a week. Mm. So it's kind of helped us like have the kids that are inspired to do jujitsu and get better. And like, they make the kids competition team and then their leaders in the class five days a week rather than yeah. having yeah, them cool. come <clears throat> three days a week. And it's just kind of like a added benefit that isn't an added cost for them, you right. know, so they pay the same as the people that come to three, but they've earned that way into making that five days a week. So. Oh, that's great, man. That's it kind of helps with their behavior too, because yeah. you know, one of the things to be in that class is you have to behave, you know, oh, if yeah. you want to be on that comp, you don't have to com- compete, right? but you have to train like you want to compete because you're oh, helping cool. the kids who want to compete. That's cool. And we have a few kids who don't ever want to compete, you know, or the parents yeah. don't want them to, or, you know, whatever that's the okay. case may be. Yeah. And, we're okay with that, but yeah. work hard and help your training partners get ready. Yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> so if I heard you correctly, you have, um, is your program tiered? Like if people want to come in just a couple days a week, they pay a certain amount or whatever. No. Okay. It's just no, So flat. You, you get three days a week. Oh, gotcha. right. Okay. Right when, uh, right when you start gotcha. and then you okay. can earn your way up to five days a week, but there's oh. no, there's no price difference. That's so cool. That's yeah. a great it, idea. It's, it's been really beneficial for us. I feel like, uh, it's just taken our kids program. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I guess you didn't have the experience, but our kids program was so solid before COVID. And then the two years off of like kids doing different things yeah. and not coming back. And yeah. we lost a lot of our leaders. They mm. turned into teenagers mm. that were 11 years old and yellow yeah. belts. And, you yeah. know, and then they're teenagers and wanted to do something <laughs> else because they had that time off of jujitsu. So we were struggling, like what's going on with our kids program? Why are we like the lack of leadership and all that, you know? And then, uh, uh, having that that competition class has really helped just like develop new leaders and get us back on track on where we wanted to be with it so yeah yeah and i think that's important that you're you're teaching those kids so young that yeah you know you have a class that's all about you but then the other classes are all about them like you're you know i'll tell the the bigger kids like 
when you go and you go to your training with the kids, like the hobbyist kids, your job is to lose. Just go in there and lose. Let them play, you know, and, and teach them some stuff along the way. So I think that's really cool that you're you're doing that. I mean, one those- of my theories is that <clears throat> if they love coming to jujitsu, that they're just going to get good at it. They're there all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I'm going to say like make it fun, but we don't play games. <laughs> right. So we have days where we play games once in a while. Yeah. Because when we used to play them, the whole class was. Oh, what game are we going to play today? Can we play yeah. a game? Can we do, yeah. you know, so finally I was like, Friday? we're not yeah. playing game anymore. That's it. No more games. Yeah. <laughs> so we will do a fun Friday, but I don't tell them. Yeah. It's like, okay, today we're going to do it now, That's you cool. know, no leading up to it. And so I, I want to make it fun, meaning we can talk and laugh and, you know, hang out with your friends, but you, you got to work too at the same time. Cause mm-hmm. I know, you know, we have every kind of kid in there. Mm-hmm. Some of them are there because their dad makes them come. They don't want to do jujitsu, yeah. you know? I mean, yeah. so there's, yeah. or their sibling comes. And so then they have to come on the little kid day because that's the day their sibling can come. And yeah. so we try to bring a little group, you know, of the older kids in that group too, and let them kind of help Yeah, and have some fun. And, but I think, you know, for me, it's all positive attitude, positive reinforcement. And I think that makes the kids love me and respect me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, when it's serious, yeah, they listen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can be tough and, you know, and nurturing at the same time. Yes. You know, yes. I, I, I have yet to meet a kid that doesn't respond to that. Right. You know, you, know, you can be really tough on them and then just like pull them aside, you know, and just give them a little pep talk. And they're like, okay, okay. Yeah. Coach isn't mad at me. You know if, what I mean? They see that you actually care about them. And, and as weird as it is, I didn't want to teach kids class because <laughs> I didn't yeah. think, I mean, by the time we opened the gym, my youngest kid was 12 or 13, you know? And so for me, it was like, I, I don't want to teach somebody else's yeah. little kids. Like yeah. mm-hmm. that's like babysitting. And yeah. now it's so weird because, you know, you fall in love with these kids. They're yeah. like, they're my kids and they might be a pain some days, but I definitely defend them and you know, they're, they're mine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I, I always joke with Amy, like, you know, when kids are like a certain age, it's like, I want to say like four ish, maybe five ish somewhere around there. I, I tell him, he's like, okay, someone else has to be the adult because that kid will get anything they want from me. Like, Can, I will act says, tough. Yes. <laughs> I will mm-hmm. act tough, but mm-hmm. they'll get anything they want. So, yeah, someone has to, has to be the adult. I usually try to cut cut that off at the past. Like, no, <laughs> don't. You go over there. You don't yeah. get to talk to Coach <clears throat> Alex. You, uh, what do you need? Yeah. <laughs> I get that a little bit too. I'll have a mom be like, you need to get on him for that. I'm like, oh no, he's just adorable and he can do anything yes. he wants. Yes. That's the way it works. That's the way it works. Be cute. Get what you want. Right. Um, so, hey, let's talk a little bit about competition. Um, so, um, I've, we've all competed, right, at, 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 at various, various levels. And uh, I still love to do it. I don't do it as well as I'd like to, but I, I, I still enjoy it. What competitions do you guys look to for yourselves? You guys are, I, you guys really pour yourselves into your students at competitions. I rarely see you guys not coaching. You know what I mean? It's not something that you delegate at all. I don't think. Right. But what do you do for yourselves? Which is the, what are the competitions that mean something to you? Masters Worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Masters Worlds is a big one. It's the grown up competition. You know, we, we usually have like, if people do bring their kids, you know, they stay in separate places. It's like our grown up trip where we don't have yeah. to coach kids. We don't have kids with us. And, yeah. you know, so. And we don't push Jiu-Jitsu Con at all. No, right? this, yeah. is, like, this is our this tournament. Is, yeah. I focus on the masters people that are going to compete. And <laughs> yeah. then I go and compete. You know, I've done competitions where like Jiu-Jitsu World League, we had 49 people and 
then I went and competed and it was like, oh my gosh, I could barely exhausting. walk right it's now. Exhausting. Yeah. And I and I'm going out and competing against a guy that's one pants. <laughs> <You know? laughs> this one's gonna suck. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean it, it's a challenge definitely when you open up your own school on on like how do you get those competition reps because you don't want to compete once a year and right. expect to do okay. Yeah. You know? Um, so I, for me, I have a love hate relationship with competing like a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of anxiety and stress that goes into it. And I love to do jujitsu when I'm not training for a competition. (laughs) It's different, you know, I I train differently. So for me, it's really important to have different, um, rhythms of jujitsu throughout the year. So I like to enter into my my people don't like me competition mindset only yeah. about two or three times a year where yeah. I, or maybe probably three times a year yeah. where I'm really focused on me for a little bit and getting ready for a competition. And, and it, it culminates with masters worlds is like my super bowl of the that's, old people. Yep. That's, yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what Alex calls it. That is exactly it's, what it's Alex jujitsu calls Christmas. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For yeah. me, that's the only tournament I get to do a year. So I do have to do that only compete once a year thing yeah. because there is no one for me to compete with. I was now. wondering about that because I'm, yeah. I, I got a brown belt and I'm very intimidated by it. Um, <laughs> but like I the for Copa Bella, I, my, it was a, brown belt black belt combined division and i was which at least for you is better for me i feel like i either i'm gonna get beat by a brown belt or oh you beat a brown belt who cares that (laughs) that was kind of like a weird yeah (laughs) yeah no i i was thinking that same thing and i was really grateful to have an opponent for copavella right um but now i actually on the drive down we were talking about phoenix open and master worlds and uh, the local tournament, Arizona, the Arizona state in mm-hmm. June, mm-hmm. like Kelsey, who's, is anybody signed up in my division? You know, and there's nobody, right. there's yeah. nobody, right. even yeah. for master worlds right now, there's nobody. And mm. I'm like, there will be. What? So for me, for the local ones, it comes down to, um, I could do it, but I'd have to fight a brown belt who mm-hmm. weighs 30 pounds more than me and is 25 years old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or you're going to fight me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I am. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Wait a second. I'm, I'm older than you, so I can say that. Not much. No, but. not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's um, the, the level that Masters World has gotten to is amazing. Yeah. Like, I remember going there and, you know, we were out of there in, in a few hours. It, it only went up to, like, I think Masters 4 for a long time. And then now, like, it's up to, like, Masters 7, I think. Something like that. And... It's changed quite a bit. It, it used to be uh, that old guy tournament, and now it's like, it's pretty, it's prestigious. Yeah, for sure. It's really cool. Like, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. And and being able, to, like you said, to, to focus on yourself, focus on your own training is, it, it's therapeutic. Yeah. Yeah. And at Black Belt, it's like, <clears throat> I'm, my first Master's Worlds, I went up against uh, Rodrigo Pinero, who <laughs> won Worlds as an adult, adult, you know? Yeah. So it's like, I'm fighting an old guy, but he's been a Black Belt for 15 years. I yeah. just got mine, and he won yeah. Worlds as a Black Belt back then, you know? Dude, so it's like, yes. the, the wow. level doesn't get easier at Master's no. Worlds. Yeah. It gets no. like, at Black Belt, you're fighting people that you grew up watching yeah. in the sport, you so, know? So I have a photo of uh, me as a white belt and a blue belt in a seminar for with Jose Carlos, and he was in my division last year. Yeah. I was one fight <laughs> short of being matched up in the quarterfinals with him, and I was like, I want that. I know how it's going to go, <laughs> but I really want this fight. Yes. <laughs> and it, it, but the, you're right. Like you shake hands with people that you were YouTubing. 
Yeah. And you're like, do you realize who you are? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I competed against Flavio Almeida, who was wow. my instructor, I want to say in parentheses, as a blue belt. Like, we were under the Gracie Baja system. Yeah. So he kind of looked after the school a little bit. Yeah. And then here I am fighting against him. I saw you got to do that with Paul. You yeah, know, that was that, pretty wild. That, yeah. That's pretty cool, too. But, like, uh, yeah, that was that, there was definitely some mental hurdles to get over at Black Belt where it's like, Oh, that guy, he's my peer now. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And One of our guys had uh, Clark Gracie for his first match. No. <laughs> oh, no. I know. We were like, oh, man. But, you know, it's such a cool experience. Yeah, that is a cool experience. Yeah. 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 And, you know, what, what other sport can you do at that level where you're sharing the mats and sharing bullpens with, like, legends? You know what I mean? Like, the legends in the sport. It's like, that is so cool, man. Like, I did, uh, I did pans. I think pans was, like, maybe 2017 and I was in the bullpen with Leandro Lowe yeah. and I was geeking the fuck out, dude. Like, <laughs> I, you know, cause it was, it was, um, I think it was his open, it might've been the open weight. And so the, the bullpen's nearly empty and it was just me and him. Like he would go in, I would go in and you know, as long as I didn't lose, I got to share the bullpen with him. I'm sitting there going, Oh my God. It's keeping <laughs> you winning, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was, it was a special day. I mean, it was really cool. I, I, it was um it was one of those things that I won't soon forget. We were know? scorekeepers for a while and you know, at, at the big IBJJF tournaments yeah. and we had Clark Gracie and Leandro Lowe one year and I couldn't do it. No I was way. like, I don't want to mess up. I don't wanna, you're gonna have to do it, you know. And again, like I was a blue belt. Like, yeah. What if I don't get it right? You yeah. know, yeah. you kinda have to know what's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> if you've watched uh, Hadolfo Vieira and Bouchesha fight in the finals, uh, I was a scorekeeper on that oh, one. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I got like, oh man, that was the most Front row seat. intense button pushing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> you're like psyching yourself, okay, I'm not gonna mess I this was up. So Here we nervous. Go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Um, but, you know, going back to the uh, brown belt, uh, uh, black belt thing, uh, the combined divisions, it, locally, the, the men's divisions were like that when I started. Yes, I remember that, too. It yeah. was always brown and black. Yeah. yeah. So so you guys won't get to see the benefit, maybe. I mean, you probably will, but it's it's those women that are coming in behind you. I mean, you guys are the pioneers, yeah. right? So, I mean, the worst thing you can do is not do it. That's my opinion, because women are going to see it and they're going to be discouraged. And I think if they see even two people in the same division, you know, three people in the open, they will still be inspired. That blue belt will still be inspired to be there and, and say, hey, they're doing it, right? I, I want to do it too. It's the same thing that happened in that 2016, 2017 era where the women were like, no, we want our own divisions. We want our own weight classes. Yeah, it's not Masters so 1 cool. and 2. Yeah, it's not Masters 1 and 2. And the IBJJF pushed back and said, well, you're only going to have two people in your division. Like, great. Yeah. And then they got their, that was a big deal. That was and a huge deal for it, women. It was. And then uh, there was a white belt woman uh, that trains out of Paul's gym uh, that competed at Copabella this year. And I was talking to her and I was like, well, how many were in your division? And she goes, um, I think like 11. I was like, freaking 11? Are you kidding? <laughs> and they always say, I only have, I only have four people in my division. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never had anyone in my division. <laughs> yeah. I had to go up. I had to do adults. Yeah. I've always yeah. been grateful for one. Yes. Yeah. And right now, I'm going through that again now. Like, if yes. I have one person, that'll make my day, well, right? The, but the, two? Holy yeah. cow. Well, the, the, the one from New Mexico, what was her name? Um, Jennifer Vice. Jennifer Vice. Jennifer, we, thank you so much for coming to Phoenix. We, we had to chase her. <laughs> we had to chase her because it was like, okay, so she's in this division at this age group. Perfect. Sign up. And then she went up and wait. And then we're like, okay, well, just go up and wait. So we kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. So we had to chase I, that match. Yeah. Uh, I um, she had originally signed up, I believe, at middle heavy, which is 163 for women. 
um, and master three, but we're both master four. So she had mm. corrected her, her registration. I was <clears> like, <throat> and a friend of mine had pointed it out. Oh, you don't have a match for Copa? I'm like, wait, what? So then as she went up to 175, I'm like, well, okay, I'm a little fluffy right now. That's fine. That's fine. I can do 175. Full cup. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I've been competing at 150, middleweight for women. So um, I was like, well, okay, I, that's fine. It's fine. It's, if I can have a match, that's cool. Um, so I was just grateful, like I said, to have a match. Yeah, I even, I even messaged her coach and let her know, let him know, hey, you know, I have a student that's going to be competing at that weight class, so your, your student will get a match. Because I didn't want them to be discouraged coming from People New Mexico. Yeah, and too. drop out. So, yeah. yeah so we, they brought we, a big team, yeah, actually, which we chased was really that one. awesome. Yeah. yeah. I had this last year was one of the first times I've ever had someone in my age and weight. And wow. that was at Masters Worlds. Wow. Leslie so. actually competed at Pans when there was only Masters 1 for ladies. And wow. she was Masters 3 was, at yeah, the time. Whoa. And she had 16 in her bracket and yeah. ended up winning. So that was nice. like, that was nice. huge. That was my she biggest took, accomplishment. <laughs> it, it, it was awesome. pretty cool. She took down some of like the big, like people knew who these blue belt girls were at yeah. the time. So yeah. that was one of those cool things to get to witness even though i couldn't go down below because i wasn't a black belt ah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're yelling like hell from up top yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's that's probably one of my one of my favorite venues yeah the one for, yeah for yeah. pants it's real pants. set up really well i wish i'd go back there I yeah and we'll mm -hmm. see what happens yeah with it because like i went out to florida for pans last year not this year how exhausting was that yeah it was just it wasn't the same experience mm. you know you didn't see the same people there it didn't have the same intensity yeah. it was a cool venue but it was like I, the the difference in jiu-jitsu on the east and the west coast is it's it's different gigantic you yeah, know yeah and not everyone's traveling so <clears throat> right. we'd have i had a couple people get uh metal and it was like cool but they won two matches in a mat in a like if it was in california they would add seven matches yeah. to metal, you know yeah. so yeah it was it was just different you know yeah that that's pretty wild man like um when i when i first did my first time i did masters worlds um if you won two matches you're probably podium mm. now you got to win at least four yeah to get into the medal round yeah and that's that's pretty cool i think <laughs> i think that's pretty cool i mean when you're looking at old people like in their 50s and there's like 40 people in the in the bracket that's a good day man yeah for sure that's kind of what you look forward to right that's you, the, it's not the dream scenario. girls division yet. yeah not, not yet. yet not yet it will it no. will yeah yeah, yeah. The, the first year at black belt <clears throat> i went up to was it 151 141 141 yeah to fight two other girls and in my division, in Master 5. So I had wow. to go up to that one. There was no one in any of the other divisions. And like I said last year, I had one girl that actually was my same age. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's nice, yeah. too. Like, that was one thing uh, with Jennifer that I was excited about. She's 48, 49. I was like, right. oh, cool. A yeah. true peer. Yay. Yeah. So I'm going to ask a question that only jiu-jitsu people can get away with. What's your What's your weight class? What's your What's your, um, your 129 now? 129? But I always did 118 up until oh, wow. I got old. You know, I <laughs> decided I was not going to cut weight anymore, yeah. and I literally have to cut. It's crazy, like three pounds, but I I can't. Yeah, like I I sucks. did it for a fight to win once. I actually did a weight cut. I don't usually do that. I'll just diet before the tournament, you know, and healthy get to get to the weight class. But for fight to win, I was like, oh, you know, I can weigh in the night before. So I'm just going to get dehydrated. And I literally like, I almost died. I was sick for about four days. Wow. I got an wow. IV from uh, <clears throat> Arizona IV nurses. 
<laughs> mobile IV nurses. Mobile IV, mobile IV nurses. nurses. I got, okay, I got part of it right. I want to give Johnny some, <laughs> some love. <laughs> so so uh, you can plug you know. them. But who are they? Yeah, uh, Johnny, uh, Johnny Weber and Phil Hinkle, they both train at our gym, and they have mobile IV nurses. And okay. They, they're an amazing company, amazing people. They, they help out everyone around them, which is like – Man, we're blessed to have them as friends. They, nice. they took us to ADCC. They took us to UFC fights. That's like, awesome. They're they're very generous people, and and uh, like whenever we need help or they see a need for help, they're they're there to step in. So. That's fantastic, That's cool. man. It's always, I mean, it, I hate to I hate to use the, like it's not just a jujitsu thing. It's a community thing, right? And I always tell people like get be part of a community, whatever community that may be, whether you're into like CrossFit or whatever. I mean. It, there's just a difference between communities that suffer together and those that don't. You know what I mean? Sense of belonging. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and we all have something in common. Like, I've never rolled with you, but mm-hmm. we have this in common anyway. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's really a cool thing. It is. And and I know that if you stepped into my, our academy, you'd probably whip my ass. But if you <laughs> stepped into our academy, if I stepped into yours, it'd be the same kind of, you know, um, mutual, like, uh, you know, welcome kind of thing, yeah, you know? Yeah, sure. So it's, it's, it's it, such a great thing. It's really cool when you travel and... You, like you have family wherever you yeah. don't you don't know yeah. them but yeah. you have this common bond that links you in like you have a, a way in so yeah we used to travel and, and train jiu-jitsu a lot and we do it a little less now that we own a school and yeah you know yeah but, yeah uh, it's still it's it's pretty cool to be a part of the community and and how cool is it to um provide that platform for other people like the younger people like we had four people go to uh, five, five people go to ADCC, uh, the ADCC Open in Costa Mesa. Uh-huh. And just to see them live that life, you know what I mean? Travel together and yeah. get to compete together. And I'm sitting here, you know, cleaning a bathroom, mad at them because I can't go with them. But, but still, it's. <laughs> they did but it's really still, well, too. Yeah, they did great. And it was, it, but it was such a cool experience. Like I'm watching, you know, um, you know, Dallas is 16 years old, Akaika's 22. And, um, Emmanuel, Emmanuel's a little bit older. He did some time in the Emmanuel army, is. but, uh, you know, and, and, and Sierra's in her twenties and yeah. And I'm, I don't know, we, we're providing that, that platform for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're, mm-hmm. they're doing all the work, but it's so cool to see them live that life. You know what I mean? I, I'm really excited. Yeah, for Leslie them. talks about it all the time. Like, uh, some of these new people, they aren't getting the same experience. Like we traveled to California and rented the cheapest hotel yeah. and put six yes. people yes. in that yes. hotel and yeah. had to deal with this guy snoring and <laughs> the drug dealer outside making a deal in the middle of the night, you know? And buy sheets when and, you got there. Yeah. And if anybody knew that you had a scale in your room, like oh, they're yeah. knocking, yeah. you can use your scale. Oh stop at a God. truck stop on the way. <laughs> Pull out the scale. Yeah. Yeah. Can I eat today? Nope, not eating yeah. today. Tyson and I were always cutting weight, and Andrew was always trying to put weight on, and we'd have to drive in the car with him. We'd have our scale oh, and our, you know, yeah. sharing like a raspberry while he's <laughs> right. just whatever he down. Yeah. And then, and then we're the older white belts, right? We're the older white belts mm-hmm. waiting to go, and it's like six p.m. on a Sunday, right? And the, it's a two-day tournament. I don't get that part. Furious. Old people first. Yes, thank you. <laughs> we thank gotta go you. to bed. Yeah, we yeah. gotta go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that what I like about Masters Worlds is they get the black belts in there Done. first. That, that should yeah. make that makes sense for every it tournament. Like, Absolutely. Let them get in there, compete, and then I could coach tired. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, the the last Phoenix Open, um, we, we went first. The black belts went first. So that was really cool. And uh, I remember, I don't know what my brain was doing. Like, I was just like in, I don't know, coach mode, I guess. But I'm walking around and I look and that's Matt Six. That's my division. 
I look at my watch. I'm like, oh shit! Uh-huh. <laughs> like literally had to go change, warm up on the way to the bullpen, weigh in, and then I went. It's like my brain didn't funk because I'm so used to having to wait, you know. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know what I was thinking. But uh, so Master Worlds, um, do you guys do like the whole like Westgate Hotel and stay, you know, or do you guys do Airbnbs? How do you guys travel? We typically do Airbnbs and, and get like a big one for the for the team and everything like that. But I think we're gonna try Westgate this year. Yeah. I feel like. Uh, it's just so convenient to be so right there. Ridiculous. Yeah. You know, yeah. if I can go home and I, I nap every single day. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, if I can yes. go squeeze a nap in, that's a bonus. Absolutely, man. Yeah, <laughs> we, we took, uh, we have these like compression like things for recovery and I was able to use them and, and nap like, yeah. you know, the day of my, uh, the, my, the tournament. That's, that was so great, man. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Um, and then there's a, the little Tesla tunnel thing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty cool. I mean, takes you right to the venue. I mean, it takes you right, right to the. Whatever. I think they're going to be in the new one. This the like I guess they just built a new hall. Oh really? So I guess that's where they're going to be this year. So I'm curious. Like uh, once I get it figured out, they always move it on me. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's um that when we were in the South Hall, there were some people that stayed at the hotel that's right across the street from there. Uh-huh. So like parking and everything was like right there, and it was a shorter walk, I guess. But but like you said, like the Westgate is just so freaking convenient. Like I I, I can't even I can't even describe it. Like. Um, well, I don't know if the pool was open last time we were there, but we didn't even check out the pool. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't go past year. We tried the time before November yeah, or whatever. Because that it was. was in it yeah. was in November, and then we were all butthurt that it wasn't open. Yeah, but I they, was butthurt. But the fitness center, open. like you can you can cut weight there. Like the fitness center is good, yeah. and yeah, so it's really convenient. I don't know if I'm putting a you know, plug for Westgate, but whatever. Totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um. So um. So you said you you get an Airbnb, and typically like you get a big one for the team. Yeah, we, we try to do that. It's, it's fun for the team building and everything yeah. like that. But sure. I, I, we want to try Westgate. I, we could all hang out together still, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and retire to our separate rooms, kind of yeah. how we do anyways. Yeah. So uh, we're going we're gonna to check it out this year. That's good. I, I miss the old um, uh, the old uh, Vegas Open venue. Yeah. That, that sports center or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, I miss that one. That was a good venue. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I when we first started jiu-jitsu. That's where the, the, mm-hmm. the Vegas Open was twice a year. Yeah, and you did Worlds uh, when I was a white belt, and I did the Vegas Open, I think, Yeah, one yeah. year. That I was, that went there for the Vegas Open, but I think yeah. Masters Worlds was in California still. Yeah, the Masters yeah. Worlds used to have that in California. California. Oh, okay. Maybe yeah. Mm-hmm. I, don't, did I, I don't know if I ever experienced Masters Worlds in California. My memory is faulty yeah. at best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I get, them, I get them so mixed up in my head because we were doing, well, at least I was doing like, 12 10 to 12 tournaments a year that's you know a at blue belt and purple yeah, yeah. at 40 42 no that's and then he a got stupid his black idea belt and i got my purple belt and i was competing like crazy mm-hmm. at purple and he, he didn't hardly have a chance to yeah do you enjoy t- uh competing 12 times a year i enjoyed being with the team okay i enjoyed that i enjoyed like you know uh training together uh the whole i'm i'm in love with the process like i love the suffering part about it. Like, um, I don't know. There's just something about like, I don't feel like, okay, so you're denying yourself some food, right? You're denying yourself some, you know, some freedoms with, you know, friends or whatever. You're denying yourself a lot of stuff, but I don't see it as denying myself anything. It's, I get, I get so much out of it that man, I, 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 I wouldn't have it any other way. I, I, yeah. the body didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. My it body does, was beat but it up. Doesn't. You know, for me, I feel yeah. like I eat so much better and I tell yeah. girls like, you know, I don't believe in, you know, cutting 15 pounds or 20 pounds, but if you're right. two pounds over, cut to the next division. And yeah. they're like, oh, but I like to eat, you know. And for me, I feel like my best times that I've done, 
is when I did all of those things, yes. you know, yeah. suffered. Yes. Yeah. The, the diet and the suffering definitely adds to the mindset. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like the more yeah. we could put ourselves through in training that is going to challenge the brain. I started doing cold plunges uh, last year for Masters Worlds, and I just felt like that five minutes of pain that I was experiencing on a three times a week basis yeah. was like, it helped me mentally prepare for Masters Worlds. Like something like five minutes is nothing at that right. point. You yeah. know, I've already yeah. done this. Yeah. That's you know, cool. Mental yeah. toughness. Yeah. Are you able to put your your hands in the in the cold yeah. water? Yeah. My my friend has a, a one that you can go all the way up to your neck. Whoa. It's one of those big tubs. Yeah. It, it recirculates at thirty nine degrees. So it, it was uh, it was intense <laughs> uh, during the winter time. I definitely said, okay, you could enjoy that. <laughs> I'll yeah. be back when it's one hundred and fifteen. Yeah. Out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually I, I jump in the pool uh, in the winter. Yeah. And I just kind of sit there a few. Too. Yeah. A few, yeah. We few just uh, we got a pool this year for the first time. We've never had nice. a pool. And, nice. Uh, I was doing them this winter, and it, it was nice to be at home, but it's hard to warm up in the winter time. Dude, yes. You're just freezing nonstop. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think I'm cold for, like, at least a, a, a good six hours yeah. after I get out of that pool. Yeah, it's just I can't stop shivering, but it, it it's good for the joints. It's good for inflammation, stuff like that. Yeah. And that's, like you said, it builds that mental toughness, man. I mean, get co- cold, wet sucks. Yeah. And if you can handle it a few days a week and – consistently do it because right. it's really easy to say, yeah, you know, I'm going to skip it today, but yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, what else do you do? Uh, do you do like any, any weightlifting or anything like that? What do you do to prepare for, for masters worlds? So I, uh, typically do it all on my own. Um, but I just started with, uh, Alex Lopez. He's uh, one of the promotes at our gym and mm-hmm. he does my strength training and, uh, and I really like having, ha- turning it over to somebody else. Yeah. It's, it's nice that somebody else has a game plan for me and I don't get a, be like, ah, I don't really feel like doing that day. I have to get up early before my class and I have to go in and do it because this nice. is what I do, yeah. you know? Yeah. And yeah. and I don't ask questions and it's super nice that it's completely out of my control except for to go out there and work hard. Yeah, how many days a week do you, do you lift? Uh, well, I do two times with him and okay. then a lot of times I'll add a, a third session and doing something else. Like, okay. Uh, using one of the other tools that I have at the gym. Like I like to do mace and kettlebell and stuff okay. like that. And, yeah. Uh, so... It's it's that's about all I like to do. Uh, for for a jujitsu athlete, I think that you could definitely overdo lifting. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. And and I don't. I teach three times a day, so my body is pretty wrecked by Friday, Saturday, yeah. anyway. So yeah. I to adding more than that just doesn't seem like it'd be productive. Yeah. Are you rolling during the week when you're teaching? Do you do you roll at all? I typically roll in the morning every day. Okay. Um, that's kind of like my training, and I teach too. In okay. the morning, yeah. but and then the nighttime is our bigger numbers, so I typically focus on the business, yeah. and I'll I'll train sometimes in the evening, and some of those guys are like, oh, you never train. I'm like, well, I train every day. <laughs> yeah. I don't train with yeah. you guys all the time, yeah. but, you know, yeah. it's, it's kind of impossible to train three times a day anymore, Yeah, so, or yeah. not impossible. It's, it's hard, dude. Difficult. It's so hard, man. Yeah. yeah. So if I, if I do that, it's really hard to get up and teach the next morning, yeah. and like. You have to get warmed up three times a day, whether you're rolling or not. Yeah. So it's it's hard to get warmed up after you just cooled down an hour ago. You yeah, know? yeah. Have you ever done? Um, <clears throat> I'm sure you've done this, but there are times when, like, um, I used to teach in the morning, so I teach a six a.m. class, and then I would have a private lesson, and then someone would call in and be like, "Hey, can you cover this class?" And you're like, "Okay." And next thing you know, you're at the, you're you're finishing up your day, and you're like, "I just taught four different curriculums today." My brain is like mush. Yeah. Right? Isn't that wild? Like, it's taxing, dude. Like, that, that's I, I, super hard for me when he's got on the weekend and I have <clears throat> to do his competition class because yeah. I'll do ladies' class, competition class, 
and then you know, open mat. And it's like they have to be two different classes completely. And I yeah. did yoga before that. Oh, my gosh. But my brain's like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just collapse at the end of the day. It's mm-hmm. challenging. I, yeah. I actually stopped. I don't teach many private lessons anymore. I, yeah. I taught private lessons for years. I'm and, sure. And now it's like I want to have my energy for the classes. Yeah. I know yeah. a lot of instructors kind of, I'd rather pay somebody to teach the classes and then I'll make my money doing private lessons. Yeah. And for me, I want to have my energy for the, for the overall student base and yeah. not have to make you pay to me to give you, give you the energy. That's, you know what no, I mean? that's, that's the way to go. Yeah. Um, so we have, we have classes throughout the day and I, and I, you know, I, I teach three classes per week. So, and for most of the time it's like, you know, coordinating the, the coaches, stuff like that and, and coming up with like curriculum ideas and stuff like that. But, uh, I, I find myself being like that, that like little stopgap, right? So somebody calls in, all right, yeah, I'll take the class, you know, stuff like that. So it feels like, and this comes back to being able to detach and, and, and to leave. I'm always worried, like, well, I'm always the person that takes a class when somebody calls in. So who, who can be on standby? And these guys all have lives. You know what I mean? They're professionals. They have, they have jobs. Um, do you have do you have uh, uh, like a system that you follow? Uh, uh, like, is it, do you have like a go to person that you can call like short notice so that you could give them a little shout out today? Because those are important, man. Or do, are you the are you guys the go to people? I'm kind of the go to. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of help in kids class, so I, yeah. I definitely like my my kids coaches are amazing. You know, yeah. sometimes I'm like, you guys have to stop coming in so much. You need a break, and yeah. they don't want to. They love it, and you know, they just want to come in all the time. Yeah. So That's- I usually have a good backup. It's a little harder. For me, and and I don't want to like, it's it's hard for me to turn over my classes. Mm. Um, I have a certain game plan. I have a certain thing that like my curriculum. I want people to know it by the end of the week. So yeah. for me to pass it on and then see it like, ah, you know, <laughs> but yeah. I do have a lot of upper belts in the school, and they're they're more than willing to teach class whenever I ask. Them That's to. cool. So like when we go on vacation, um, we bring Tyson out a lot of the times, and he comes and watches our house and watches the dogs and teaches a lot of the classes. So it's kind of added benefit for the students too, is they get to see somebody else's game. I know they get tired of hearing me every week, but (laughs) if I miss one class, my curriculum goes to crap that week. You know, like I feel like I'm behind and I didn't get to the, you know, to the aha moment of the curriculum that week because now I'm a, I'm a day delayed. So uh, if I'm super sick, I'll stay out and I'll have somebody teach. And I'm, I'm better at that than when we first opened the gym where I'm not like, ah, freaking out. Like I I can have a little bit of detachment, but it's really hard to leave the gym and then not think about it. It's impossible. I I, I can't do it. And it's, it's, it's like, um, Jiu-jitsu, you guys had a different game plan. Like, you always knew, like, this was going to be your path, right? You're going to work hard. You're going to do what you got to do, get your black belt, open a school. For me, we joke about this all the time because I was kind of plunged into coaching. I was I was helper for one day a week. I was the helper, right? And then the, the um, kids coach um, couldn't teach anymore. Like, he had to do something else. And then Paul's like, you want to do this? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay. So then I started coaching five days a week. And then, you know, and then doing competition classes on the weekends and doing all this stuff and then traveling with the kids team and doing all this, you know, and Amy says, how serious are you going to get with this? And I, and I said, it's not like we're going to open an academy one day or anything. We, literally, True that's, story. you know, conversation. <laughs> we're so it's driving a different, somewhere. It's not like we're going to open our own academy. And then, uh, yeah, now, look at us now. <laughs> yeah. But, but being able to, um, like let go 
of of a of a of a class like the six a.m. class was my baby. That was my baby. Like mm-hmm. after I coached kids, I coached six a.m. And when I went to open my academy, that was my thing. And I recently turned that over to a fantastic brown belt. Fantastic. Uh, D, the morning coach at Monday, Wednesday, Friday, is amazing. Tom, he does Tuesday, Thursday, the Nogi days. And then Koa does 6 a.m. on Saturday. So it's like a whole team, but I feel so weird yeah. about not being attached, right? Cause I, I still remember the first time we left the gym after we opened, and it was like, it was terrifying. <laughs> like, I don't know if we enjoyed that first vacation. Yeah. It was like... We had a girl come visit from another school and hit her head on the cement. Oh, and, oh no. I mean, it was like weird stuff happened. Yeah. 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 And what were we going to do about it anyway? We were, you know, in Indiana. Or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. But it, it wasn't it wasn't an enjoyable vacation and yeah. and and That's we've kind of gotten better at it over me. the years where it's like I can let go. I have cameras if I need to check yeah. the yeah. gym, but I'm going to try not to, you yeah. know. That's yeah. Good. That's yeah, that's 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 really tough, man. Um Alex, are you, were, did did you listen to that? I need you to really absorb what Andrew <laughs> just the said. The beauty is going somewhere where you can't use your phone. Oh, yes. wow. Like, you literally can't use it. That would be, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's I don't hard, know if he would but live. It's great. I, I look forward time. to it now. Uh-huh. Yeah. If I can unplug, it just, you know, I know I know the gym's going to be okay. Yeah. Like, I have great people at the gym. We, we've been blessed. And it's like, it might not be my way, and that might be a good thing. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. Like, yeah. and I, I should let it go and enjoy the fact that I'm like, uh, like when I go on vacation, it's about recharging the passion. I am like people that have normal jobs, like you could be burnt out in your normal job and still collect your paycheck yeah. and go in there on a yeah. daily basis. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm burnt out, I need to go take a break so that I could come back with that passion because that's what my students deserve. I love know? that. Yeah, no, that's cool. What about what about that first paycheck you took from your business? How did you feel about that? Well. We didn't really take much of a paycheck until I tore my ACL. Oh, wow. Because she was working full-time at a dentist office. Oh, so we, you still had your full-time job? I did. Oh, wow. We okay. pretty much, any money that we made, we put back into the gym yeah. to growing it and making it better and like taking it from that little spot that just had mats rolled out on the floor yeah. to an actual nice facility. Yeah. And uh, when as soon as I tore my ACL, she, we were already playing with the idea of her quitting just because it was it was a big job for me to do on my own. And she yeah. was helping out, too, when she got off of work. But yeah. it wasn't the same. Yeah. yeah. Exhausting. And then it was like, OK, I'm going to be out for six months. We need somebody to teach and somebody yeah. to run the gym. So yeah. it was like that was when we first started drawing money from the gym and and taking the paycheck. Feels you know? weird, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah. I felt dirty. But yeah. we still like, always <laughs> feel like, OK, we're starting to do OK. And yeah. then all of a sudden the gym's really full and we're like, oh, we have to expand. We need to expand. And now yeah. you know, we've expanded three times. Yeah. And three. And wow. That's awesome. Well, including the garage, you know. So. No, right. Well, three right? times. Well, yeah. <laughs> From yeah. the garage to the facility to, the, yeah. The so second yeah. facility three to total. the third facility, yeah. That's really cool. But yeah. it's, so as soon as you start feeling like you're doing good, then you got to put all that money back into. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, because you get more mats. the next place. Yes. Yes. Um, we, we expanded our mat space. Uh, we added like. Gosh, how much? Like maybe 500 square feet, maybe 600 square feet. Not a whole lot. Yeah, I think that's about yeah, right. Yeah, about right. But that wasn't the big deal. Like we bought the mats and mats are what they are, right? And 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 Zebra is fantastic to work with. I don't know who you guys go with, but they they been they were good to us. Anyway, we 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 ordered the mats and then well, we had a subfloor, so we have to match the subfloor. Well, that's when lumber was ridiculous. Uh, remember that? Yeah. When yep. when the house when the house was being built and it had to had Oh, stop. we remember. Oh. <laughs> it cost as much for the subfloor as it did for the mats. Yeah, I, 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 maybe told, more. I told the students, like, 
Man, you guys are lucky we put the subfloor in in January. Because <laughs> if, if it was May of 2020, you guys wouldn't be getting a subfloor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was that one hurt. That one yeah. hurt because um, it was uh, we had to match it and and the the ballet studio subfloor like that was super high quality. Wood. Really, really nice. Yeah, yeah. really nice. And see. yeah, <laughs> and and then um, so we had to double it up, you know, and do all that. And yeah. man, that was that was that was rough. But uh, don't regret it. I don't regret it at all. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I joke that, you know, if I had it my way, we'd be wall-to-wall mats. I wouldn't even have bathrooms. Just porta johns in the back. I'd have mats wall-to-wall. But That's gross. Yeah, that is kind of gross. But but we have a neighbor. Um, he does a – is it farmer's insurance? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so it's farmer's insurance. And it's like, I want that space. And I think he's just being selfish, right? Okay, so let me ask you. If you're going to buy insurance, are you going to, like, look on your phone for a farmer's place and walk in? No. no, you go on your phone, you go on the internet, you buy insurance. Scott's being selfish. I secretly wish places would go out of business sometimes too, <laughs> so don't feel bad. <laughs> so, so what, I feel really bad when it's a church. Yeah, well, yeah. We, we always we, say we like, man, yeah. we hope that they outgrow their church yes. and have to yes. go find a new <laughs> And we can take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, we, we actually have, um, our first location was that little strip place. And, you know, it was like finite because we had neighbors on both sides and then neighbors beyond that. We were there not too long ago. They're all gone. They're all mm. gone. All gone. And we could probably have like 6,000 square feet of mass space. The grocery store space is still available. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I could fill up a Safeway, but uh, that would be nice. That would be nice. Challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> it's well, huge. Well, listen, guys. Thank you guys for being on. Um, let everybody know where they can find you, social media-wise, stuff like that. Okay. I'm uh, Leslie dot gardener on um uh, instagram okay okay and <laughs> leslie gardener on facebook i was trying to remember if it was dot because i just changed it ah uh, gotcha because yeah. gotcha. i've been just a girl bjj for like a million years yeah. so i do have a website i'm not gonna lie i do not blog anymore not i just don't have time gotcha. <laughs> yeah yeah but I, I do have a blog on there that's got some cool stuff especially for people first starting a lot of things you know i i wrote before when you know before brown belt yeah so it's a lot of good things good information for parents and things like that oh so. good yeah what, what's the website uh, just a girl bjj gotcha okay okay how, how about the uh other social media school anything just facebook and uh deboa bjj for facebook and At instagram DeBoa BJJ, yeah. yeah okay and deboa bjj.com is our is our website what, what's the address for your for your location uh, 14763 West Cactus Road. Okay. Surprise. So drive west and bring your passport. That's it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <in> California. Yeah. <laughs> and I have social media, but I don't do anything on it. Okay. Very rarely do I post anything. I, if I didn't have a gym, I probably wouldn't have social media. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get You're it. Smart man. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. So if you love the podcast, please like and subscribe. Please follow us on Instagram. Don't look at the website. It sucks. But we're on also all the socials at uh, the BJJ Foxcast, and uh, thank you guys so much for doing this. Thank I you really for appreciate it. Yes, yes, thank you.